In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... I really want to lose three pounds. Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. Diet starts tomorrow. Exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. I want to quit the gym. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. With hosts Aileen Cooperman... Joey does a shampoo! ...and Sammy Fishbein. Whatever, I'm getting cheese fries. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Sammy. And I'm Aileen. And this week, we are back with a new guest many of you might know from Instagram. Her name is Alexis Barber, aka at Wellness Alexis. Um, You guys were DMing us her profile a lot in regards to all the F-Factor drama, but turns out Alexis has a lot of much more interesting things to say than simply her notorious F-Factor drama. So we wanted to welcome Alexis and have her talk about, you know, her story. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm like definitely so like excited to be here so thank you it's also funny because like even when we were talking about what happened with you and tanya on our last on our emergency episode um we were just kept talking about you like sort of by your instagram handle (laughs) like i can't believe what you did to at well as alexis (laughs) and now it's funny to like be face to face over zoom and it's nice to see you in person so thanks for coming Of course, absolutely. It's a great handle. The handle just like, you know how some people are like first name, last name people? Yeah. Some people are also handle people. I feel that. I call Uh, people by their handles a lot and they kind of get annoyed with me, but here I am. So Now you're the famous wellness Alexis. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. But before we get into today's topic, we just want to um, do a quick little rundown of things that are happening at Betches this week. Um, as you know, there's less than 50 days until the election. So the Betches Sup has just come out with a video series that we are launching weekly until the election called Save 2020. We're talking about different topics in the election, like swing states, why are they important? So you can find that on the Betches Sup feed and on the main Betches feed as well. We also came out with a limited series podcast called Do You Know? who my dad is. And basically the essence of this is that um, the two hosts, Brian Russell Smith, who you recognize from the SUP and another employee, Alicia Angelis from Betches are hosting. And they're basically taking you through um, different industries and talking about how like nepotism and connections um, have brought us some of the most famous people that we know and love. For example, the first episode, we talked about Cara Delevingne and the Hadids and how they got their start in modeling and just a hint, like it wasn't just because they were like the best models ever <laughs> scouted in a random mall. Um, Super scandalous. <laughs> it's like, if you're a Succession fan, I think you'll like it. Yeah. Yeah. You guys know we are. We heal yeah. for you. Oh, and, and you can listen <laughs> and you can listen to that um, on Fridays in the Betches Sup feed, the Not Another True Crime podcast feed, or um, the At Betches podcast feed. And speaking of very powerful people, but in a very different way, we have launched a new vertical community called Betches Moms. Um, And it's everything you could expect from us, but everything having to do with motherhood. 
And go follow that now at Betches Moms. And obviously, guys, go shop our stuff. Support the team DST here. Go to shopbetches.com slash collection slash DST. We just came out with a new t-shirt. Very comfy. I'm so excited to get mine. Um, and it basically says through thick and thin, as you would imagine. So go do it. All right. Well, let's let's get into our episode. Welcome, Alexis, again. Um <coughs> So what's so what's let, let's get like a quick update. What's been going on since all of this F factor stuff happened and you had that infamous phone call? Um, what what's like what's the deal? Um, I guess since the phone call and the live happened, um, I have just been like trying to take in the fact that everyone I know now knows about my account. <laughs> and I have to and I'm trying to decide what to do with it now that I have a lot of you know, people who are trying to get away from diet culture on it. So um, working on that. But in terms of like the drama, like I've not had any contact with the infamous TZ. Um, and she's, you know, she left me with her threats and her replies. And now I'm, now I'm just living. So you're just living. Well, it's funny because like, when this happened, like, I remember I, I asked you, like, can I share your name? Cause I, I figured you don't, you don't know what to do with like all this attention. It's like new attention that wasn't, you didn't expect, yeah. you didn't like set out to make this like wellness Instagram to go big, but it must yeah. feel like crazy because it happened so quickly. Yeah, for sure. It's like very absurd because like, like, I, like you said it best, my shady wellness account, I did not want to be public like I just did it for fun slash like to have for myself and so now that it's big like it's very vulnerable for me because I have like always really tried to have like a perfect image and like admitting to people that I didn't like my body is or like I had issues with it was like very scary but now I'm just like thankfully like I'm like in St. Louis alone I don't have to see anyone I know so I feel very good about that and then everyone obviously my friends and everything are very like excited and supportive so it's definitely been it's it's fine yeah that's good it's fine everything's fine (laughs) so are you are you are you happy this happened or do you not have enough distance yet to be sure um I think I'm happy because I don't think I was happy in the beginning because I was like I like I am not like if you know me in real life like health and wellness is just not like my big thing um and so i think i'm happy that it happened now because i've been able to tie the issues in the health and wellness community to like larger issues that i care more about so like for example the issues of racial disparities in black communities with eating disorders like i feel like that's something i can really stick to trying to help bring awareness to whereas before like i was i it feel, felt kind of like superficial to be so focused on something as quote small as like food and recipes and stuff. Whereas now I'm kind of recognizing that it's very intertwined with elitism, the patriarchy, politics and everything. And so I feel a lot better now knowing that like it could hopefully make a difference because I definitely don't want to be on Instagram just posting like random stuff and like ignoring like the political climate and ignoring like you know, really big things, but I don't think that I have to do that while also being interested in health and wellness anymore. Yeah. I think people assume that like, well, I think that 
it would be in the interest of a lot of people, mostly those who profit off of diet culture, to separate the idea of health and wellness from being political. When in reality, yeah. all food is political. The food that is subsidized and and mass produced is a political issue. What foods get approved? What sup? What uh, you know? The fact that supplements aren't even regulated by the FDA, like that's a political decision. And I think that it's not necessarily obvious to everyone how political dieting and diet culture is. And I mean, it's so amazing that you you know recognize that and that. Uh, the woman we affectionately know as TZ inadvertently gave you such a platform to now talk about that when it's so counter to everything that she stands for. But yeah, can you talk more about that? Yeah, for sure. I guess I just like have recognized in the past week because like, I guess that's really as long as it's been um, that I like that when it comes to dieting and sort of being thin um, that's very much associated with like having money or being valuable. And like, I guess I didn't really come into dieting until I was in my sorority at Northwestern, which was like a very New York city, like heavy sorority. So like, I didn't feel the need to like change my body or be smaller until while I was trying to upkeep this image of being like perfect, that was like one thing that I needed to do in order to fit in and sort of gain more proximity to whiteness, I guess, um, and like learn how to, and I guess fit in so that I could achieve like, you know, that financial security that like I had never had access to like growing up in St. Louis and like within my family specifically. So that was like one big thing that I didn't recognize how entwined that was with racism, that I was like equating thinness to money, equating that to, and that at all, falls within white supremacy. So I, I mean, that's like a crazy like thing to even realize, like say out loud now, because like a week ago, I literally didn't recognize how deeply intertwined all of it was. And now I'm just trying to figure out a way to one, like take care of myself without feeling guilty for doing so in a way. And also take care of like promoting how much diet culture has hurt so many people but not just white women, also black women. Like if I feel a lot of shame talking about like dieting and stuff as a black woman, because it seems like there's so much bigger issues. And also like a big part of being a black woman is being confident and strong all the time. And like that is very much my identity is being confident and strong all the time. So to admit that there's such a big problem with eating in our community is really hard to because it doesn't mesh up with our like strong and confident norm it feels like cat food has been the same forever smelly boring made of mystery ingredients that's why you've got to try smalls smalls cat food is protein packed recipes made with preservative free ingredients you'd find in your fridge and it's delivered right to your door make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love we actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat it comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. 
after switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, baby. When did you kind of realize, because you, you were saying you did, you said you did F factor and then now you feel like you want to heal or feel like diets are not the answer. Where, how did that shift happen? Like what was the. Yeah. Um, so I guess like what happened was I did F factor like step one fell into binging and restricting for like three ish months, like March, April, May. And then when I graduated from Northwestern in June and went home. Uh, well, in June, obviously, really big things started happening, such as, you know, we, we came back to the Black Lives Matter, um, like that was more at the forefront again. So I really stopped thinking about what I was eating because I was glued to the TV and my phone and Twitter and trying to fundraise, trying to like, I can't protest. I couldn't protest because I'm immunocompromised. So I couldn't like go out and do anything. So I was doing everything possible, just like from my apartment in Evanston. And then... So I did, I kind of phased out of like caring about my calories and stuff like then. And then in, I came home at the end of that and was eating like my normal family, like diet, eating everything. I just didn't feel, I felt good again. Like I felt like my body was working the best way possible. You know, I just didn't really feel the need to restrict anymore. But then when I moved to San Francisco, I kind of got a little bit back into like wanting to be thinner, but it was also super, super overwhelmed by the transition so it wasn't really I didn't feel like cooking or anything so it's been a sort of like a rocky up and down sort of thing but obviously at the same time that I stopped doing this all these allegations started coming out about the powder so and then about the um all these other disordered eating situations and so I don't think that I recognized that it was disordered eating until a lot of other women in this like F factor Instagram community came out with their stories saying like fearing a sweet potato or a banana is not okay. And I now recognize that and F factor contributed to this for me. So therefore like I'm moving away from this now. Um, so once I saw that, I was like, Oh, this, I didn't even know what disorder eating was. I just knew that there was eating disorders. So learned about that. And I was like, wow, I definitely had that. And just started, you know, being like, I'm done with this, you know, so it's over. Also, the thing is, is like, we don't realize we fear the sweet potatoes. It's just a thing that you just avoid. You don't like get down to the emotions of that. There's literal fear there. And that Mm -hmm. also eating disorder and disordered more, even more so disordered eating is so normalized, especially on social media. And we'll get into talking about Teddy (laughs) soon, but like that it's, it's hard to even pin. I, I would, I would say I'm with you on that. Like if it hadn't been for like the whole, F factor thing coming like to mainstream media and like talking about disordered eating, like beyond eating disorders, as you said, I don't think a lot of people would have realized that. Like, I I don't think they would have realized that, that that's not necessarily healthy or like that we have those fears or that we, or we don't really, that we don't 
really think about food as a source of nourishment or instead as a, as a thing that we need to constantly think about and how do we avoid it? (laughs) Yeah. I think we definitely, like I was in a place where I felt like this anti-diet culture thing was just people making excuses for not wanting to take care of themselves. Like I was definitely in that camp when in like March because of how much the F factor diet is associated with being like smart and being with like, I say smart with quotes so everyone knows and like being and like take, like don't settle for mediocrity or whatever. Like that really got to me because it was like, okay, I can't be mediocre with my body. I have to be successful with it and everything. And so I definitely don't think that unless other people talked about it, like you said, I would not have recognized that like this was actually hurting me because it's being promoted as though it's helping you. Well, it's also like, because that sheen that they put over it, like you're smart, you're successful, you're not mediocre. Mm -hmm. That tie in with the thin combined with the marketing scheme that they're not marketing a diet, they're marketing a lifestyle. I also put that in quotes, Mm -hmm. but like lifestyle and diet have become synonymous, but they're actually, they could not be more different. Like your lifestyle has to do with like, where you live, how much money you have, what are your family members, like what privilege or not, or do you have or not? And like, yet they act like this is going to, like this diet plan that they put you on is going to give you all those things. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is where like the elitism comes in is that like, that's ultimately what they're marketing. Exactly. It's like the elitism, like for me, it's like the dieting or whatever, like I said, wasn't a part of my life until I lived in my sorority house and like in my sorority house with a lot of wealthy white women. And like the eating disorders, I never wanted to admit that my sorority had lots of bad eating disorders in it because I like didn't want to like have to admit that we needed to dismantle Greek life too, which we do. But that was something where I was like, no, like it's fine. Like um, one of my really good friends is girl ex-girlfriend had like a really bad eating disorder in her sorority and I was like oh well that sorority has eating disorders whereas like mine doesn't and then like how like tons of girls in my sorority were dealing with it too and then I even fell victim to that as well and so that's all to say that the reason that it showed up is because it was in this elite like sort of group of people who all were vying for that glamorous lifestyle and equating it including that lifestyle with what they were eating. Yeah. Also college sorority life, like just from Sammy. Sammy's my big, (laughs) as I mentioned in our wedding speech. But like if we, if we thought back to, I was, as you said, like eating disorders, like run rampant, uh, like amongst sorority girls. Um, Just thinking back to our experience, like we had full on, like just disordered eating 24 seven. Like I I was, I was eating nothing during the day and just like waiting till hell's opened up at six in the morning. Like, (laughs) like, you know, it was not okay. I saw a post on Instagram this morning that I don't remember who shared it. Saving up all your calories so you can drink at night. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think it was Emily. Yeah. Okay. Reposted. Yes. Okay. That is, I did that for eight years. Reality. Eight years. Yeah. Of like college and then like post-college basically fully it's like how to trick that your system is really the is, is really what dieting has then, t- turned into like how do you how do you achieve the life the lifestyle that you want by <laughs> tricking your body into 
something, not gaining weight. Like that, that was, that's just really, it was the goal. Yeah. I mean, F Factor basically like codified that idea of saving up your calories so that you can drink into the diet. That's why you're, you're technically allowed to like drink whatever you want because like you're eating a low enough amount of calories that like it enables that to be okay. Yeah. Um, in, yeah. The, in the interview, like whenever I asked what to eat in an Italian restaurant, it's a tricolore minestrone and three glasses of red wine and yeah. three bites of bread. So yeah. And like, that's also why the diet gets used with, by so many college students. It's because we don't have to cut out our like tequila shots to still lose weight, you know? And so at, in college, like that's why I think all of us were doing it. And I think that like, she knows that she has this, base of young girls who like are in college and meet and don't want to like let go of those types of things and are also just like at the worst part of your life where like looking good is so important you know like whereas like it's very easy to have disordered eating and like fall into a diet while you're in college especially when you add the alcohol piece it's actually i feel like that's the first time that was really said out loud because like if you follow Emily's stories, it's she's always like, "What the fuck, wine? How is that fuel?" But it is it it feels like it's part of your 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 social way when you're younger. Like that it, that can't you can't cut out or for most people or for from my experience, you couldn't cut out drinking if you wanted to have a social life in college or right after college. So yeah, that makes sense, and that is kind of like preying on the people who whose life sort of. Yeah. revolves around that lifestyle but exactly. i feel like that that hasn't been said so thanks for verbalizing it of course yeah this episode is brought to you by newly have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff i have a solution for you newly newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there. And I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to newly, that's N-U-U-L-Y dot com and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So, I mean, we obviously can't ignore the latest diet scandal of the week, which is all in by Teddy Mellencamp, um, who a lot, most people know from Real Housewives. And I kind of think that this story has blown up even bigger than Tanya because of um, the fact that she's on, she's Chon Mellencamp's daughter and she's on Bravo. Um, But 
like at first glance, this diet act or the diet plan that um, she gives to people actually sounds way crazier than F Factor. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like. I'm not trying to compare the two, but I'm just curious, Alexis. I'm curious what you think. Yeah, like so. I feel like I have like a few main issues with this, and I'm very sad because I'm such a big like Beverly Hills, like Real Housewives fan. Like I just like, that's my favorite. Like I actually started listening to this podcast when you guys did an episode about um, Teddy Mellencamp's like accountability thing, like last summer, I think. And I was like, what the fuck? Like it's, it's really absurd. So my, a few things is one, she has no medical like certifications whatsoever, not a registered dietitian, like literally just like a woman, just like who lost weight. Two, it's like 500 calories a day plus like burning 500 calories a day in cardio, which equates to nothing. So all these people who have these crazy two-week transformation pictures, like, duh, like you literally starved yourself for two weeks. It's absurd. And then three, the, the bullying is disgusting coming, going. Like you're getting, bu- you're paying someone to get bullied. Like for what? Like it's absurd. And then I just like really have like such an issue with, like like again like the elitism of it and like the mental toughness piece too where it's like oh you're just not mentally strong enough if you don't want to eat these 500 calories and then burn them all off like you just sorry like you're not you're not good enough you know like it's just reinforcing that idea that if you don't go to extremes for achieving this like body that you're supposed to want then like you just aren't good enough for this society and like that yeah Exactly. Like you're a failure. It's so messed up to me. And then it's like even more messed up that Real Housewives has like, especially these past two seasons talked so much about eating disorders, like with Amelia and then with um, even Kyle being like, I had a really bad eating disorder. And it's like, she has four daughters. Like she, like if you wouldn't allow your child to like go through this, this program, like all in by Teddy, like, uh, like if I told my mom this, my mom would be like immediately like stop. And I can't, I, if I was Kyle, I couldn't imagine being telling my daughter like, oh yeah, you can do this. Like if you really want to lose the weight, like it's a mental thing, you know, like given, and especially LA just is like a breeding ground for that kind of like eating disorder habit. Like I, like I have had a friend from camp who like, while we were like in summer camp, also I went to, that's how I found Betches because I went to summer camp and you guys mentioned it in one of them. It was crazy town for all of us we felt so famous but <laughs> while we were at camp this girl was like my mom her mom came for visiting weekend and told her like that she looked fat and like that was my only connection to LA was like this girl and her like toxic food relationship with her mom and now she wasn't eating because of her mom saying that to her and I was like oh my god like that's how you I mean LA is just like that you know and so it's so toxic what are your guys' thoughts <laughs> For, I mean, Teddy kind of, I mean, yeah, well, well I, the whole diet is so problematic and I have a lot of thoughts about like what I thought it was versus what it actually is. Right. Yeah. But I could see, like, I know you're saying like your mom would say stop it, but my mom, I don't think would say stop it, not because she's not looking out for me, but because she thinks that's probably normal. And like, I think the bigger issue is that this, they don't see a problem with it. This is normalized behavior. Yeah. Like this, that is how you maintain a svelte physique. Like that's how you have to eat low calories. Like think about all those. I mean, and to me, I was not like somebody was texting me like, I'm so shocked this shit exists. I'm like, 
I have zero. I'm zero surprised. Like I've gone on diets like this my life. You know, like those, those, my mom tells me about like her, one of her doctor friends did these like growth hormone shots where like you're supposed to eat 500 calories a day. Like, yeah. Have you ever heard of that? I'm sure many people who listen to this podcast have heard of it. There's just like so many of these, like, again, like quick fix them type of things where at the end of the day, you're eating 500 calories and you're suppressing your appetite. And that is how you get the slim. I remember my salmon diet, same shit. I was just eating salmon though. Like it's the same thing. But then the whole point is like, you can't, what what are you sustaining? You can't live on 500 calories. You're, you're dying. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's first of all, no surprise to me is my point. The thing about the accountability word is that I always thought this was just like, she's an accountability coach to help you reach your goals. And like, yeah, but they're her goals. Like they're not, there's, there's no, there's no your goals in this scenario. And like everybody can be held accountable in their own style. Like, I feel like I want to give her some business advice. I'm like, this is how you should really run this. It's <laughs> like somebody comes to you, shares you, shares their goals, their personal goals, and tells you your style. Like I need, I, I need hard kick or I need like really soft motherly love, like nurturing, positive reinforcement versus negative. And then they, they work toward that way, you know, but instead exactly. you're just there in some diet cult boot camp. That's what I always thought it was. Like I assumed, I, first of all, I had no idea that everyone was given the same thing. I just thought it was like some Zen yoga-ish, like mindfulness type of vibe. That was like, I did not get that from what Bravo showed of the uh, retreat that, uh, right. that Dorit refused to show up to until she had her glam done. I just didn't understand that that's what it was. Like I thought that it was like, yeah, I thought it was like a coach texts you like encouraging shit, like encouraging shit that you wanted in the first place. Yeah, I did not even know that they gave you a diet and let alone that the diet was like, I don't like I don't even want it to. doesn't even yeah. have enough like nu- nutrients for you to live on. Like you're supposed to eat vegetarian with no protein. Exactly. I you just, could almost see how Tanya Zuckerrot thinks that her diet is, yeah, she's is probably like, like wow, well, so abundant. She's probably like, oh, anybody who's hurting from all in, come to Vet Factor. That's how fucked up it is. Yes, that is how fucked up the actual diet that uh, that Teddy is selling is, is that F Factor's diet sounds better. rational compared to, to me. It. And also another part of this that's another level of fucked up is that she's standing behind it, right? So she's saying that, and her whole argument is that people know what they're getting into. Okay, but like they don't fully know what they're getting into. The that's fact a that straight you're, up falsehood that people right. know what they're getting into. Untrue. There's the money level, like the way that it's right. like for five ninety five, you can get another whole week. Otherwise, we're gonna drop you if you don't do like a thousand hours of like running on the treadmill. Like, it's it's really frightening. But the I dropping think- of clients is very clearly a way to. It's like what gyms do, where they set you up for recurring, make it impossible to cancel, even though they know you're not going. But exactly. this is like a bit more of a cash grab, even. And then like, at least you could go to the gym here. Yeah. It's like you're, you're so scared now that like you're going to get dropped. So then you're like, oh, I have to do it. Like it's just so much more pressure and it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Reading those text messages gets me like, gives me anxiety. Oh my like, gosh. I right. get so scared. Like, See. and like, oh, and then when she calls out, 
um, allegedly calls out that like if you somebody was like I threw up and she's like don't do that you're not weak like who are you to say that like you like like you're she, you has, said, no Alexis, she has no qualifications if anything she has a call she has had said herself she had an eating disorder how can she be telling people what to eat it's yeah. so crazy but what i was saying earlier was that like even if people feel like they know what they're getting into they heard from a friend i lost this much weight it's really hard hard to do but like you get you do it the fact that people are still signing up for it it is like it is like a sign that the times just really need to change and they need to change fast because that like the fact that we're still looking for these like quick fixes we don't realize that like there's you can't sustain this life and that somebody is profiting so much off of that is to me the like kind of the crux of it all like i think every person has to realize on their own like yeah. you can't help someone see the light like even like Alexis, you just said you, you came to this like in a week, like mm -hmm. once you see it, it's so clear, but before you see it, you can't make yourself see it. And like, then you exactly. are vulnerable to people preying on you essentially. Exactly. Like I had many like friends now that I think about it being like, like or like my my friend would be like you need to make sure like like if i would make comments about like not eating pasta or not eating rice they'd be like that's bullshit you know and i'd be like you just never have had to worry about your weight before like you don't know what it's like to not like what you look like or not be able to wear a crop top when you're going out and like also eat pasta that night i would be like you guys just don't understand like i just felt like very like i literally you could not have told me anything like if I hadn't figured this out for myself, like I, nothing like it was. And I think that's how it is for everybody. And like, I hate that it has to be so individual and like, but I just like, I don't know how to reach people on a deeper basis. But like, like you said, like the, that fact that people are profiting so much off of it, it's like just disgusting and so frustrating to me. It's yeah. sort of, it's like her, the all in thing is sort of just this like tiny microcosm example of diet culture. Mm -hmm. It's like, it is diet culture in a tiny, 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 tiny example. You have celebrity, you have a lot, a lot like gimmicky sales schemes. You have basically a very, very low calorie being normalized with no experts <laughs> in the field. Glorification of cardio. Glorification of cardio, glorification of being thin. Um, and then like this extreme, like this focus on the extreme and there's no compassion and there's just, just no, there's, there's no, there's no compassion for the person themselves. Like there is examples of like a mom who's like, I just don't have time. I have my kids. Well, then you're being dropped. Like, like, okay, scary, like <laughs> crazy lady, like <laughs> calm down. And then it makes you feel like you're the one who's crazy. You're the one who's wrong. But mm -hmm. then you, you step back. Like we're saying we step back and then you see it and you're like, no, she's the one that's wrong. She's the one that's, that's, that's completely incorrect and crazy like we're right like they're preying on us not and and we're not the failures so i hope everyone kind of see, I, it's kind of it's good that all of this shit is coming to light and going to mainstream i feel like that's the positive out of all of this yes definitely it's right? not gonna like time's up for the for the like predatory diets 
Exactly. We, Thank we God. Knew, we knew this was coming too. Like we've said this like a long time ago. Like this is the next big culture shift, shift for women. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. All right. So should we do some non-scale wins? I, we have somebody who wrote in and I feel like we, Alexis, you were saying you had a whirlwind week. So I'm sure you have a lot of wins. Um, uh, so I'll read, shall, I'll read our listener D- win. And I never call it an NFL, non-scale win first. Hi, Sammy and Aileen. Love your podcast. One of my weekly Sunday highlights. I have a non-scale win. I've struggled with disordered eating for about 10 years and would classify myself as a recovering perfectionist. She quoted in quote unquote, as you have said on the podcast, my relationship with food has definitely improved over the years, but it is still not perfect. However, I have lately been making a conscious effort to gain weight, eating larger portion sizes, not doing any cardio and doing strength training and just letting myself live and eat the pasta full of gluten when I'm out to dinner with my friends and not thinking twice. I recently tried on a pair of jeans that were definitely tighter than they used to be, but I actually like how I look in them now better than I did before. I now have a butt and look like the 25-year-old that I am rather than looking like a curveless teen. Thank you for your constant affirmations that we are more than our bodies and that we should be using our brain space for more important things than focusing on food. P.S. Sammy, congrats on your wedding. It looks gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. Do you have it? That, I agree. Sounds great. <laughs> congrats. That is a good way. Amazing. It is. Alexis, what's yours? Um, I guess, a f- I guess a few, like just probably like the biggest one, like that I never would have done six months ago is like buying pasta at the grocery store, making it myself and like having pasta more than one time per week and like eating it and not counting the calories with it, not looking at the carbs and like also having ice cream for dessert and like not being mad at myself. Like that was like two nights ago, crazy. I was like, wow, I'm really doing amazing. And I'm moving out of this. And it's great because it felt great. And I didn't feel starving in the middle of the night when I went to bed, you know, like it was a satiating meal, which I guess was not my norm for so long. Your pasta looks really good. It actually inspired me to make a very similar pasta. (laughs) Amazing. It's great. The angel hair, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I also wanted to make it. I was like, I love angel hair too. And I yes. actually ordered it that night when I was out. <laughs> Yum. Angel hair is the best. I love angel hair. Oh, oh. hair. So, so delicious. Yum. Um, Sammy, what's yours? So I texted you about this because it was like so momentous, truly. Like, okay. <laughs> it's going to sound so like not significant, but for me, it really was. Okay. As you all know, I eat into the point of pain and then I keep eating. Um, when it's delicious and that's just like a thing that I do. Um, and obviously like I've been trying to eat more intuitively and, you know, kind of allow myself to have whatever I'm feeling and whatever. I had a pint of ice cream and for like literally the first time in, I don't, don't know a time, like I got full and then I like put it away. (laughs) <laughs> and Stunning. I didn't keep eating the whole thing until I until it was over, which I truly never do because like, and the thought that kind of transformed it for me, it was like, I can have it tomorrow. 
But I never allow myself, I never would like let myself believe I could have it tomorrow because I was like, diet starts tomorrow <laughs> every day. So, so um, yeah, I put like the, the ice cream away and then I ate it the next day. And it was like actually great because I got to enjoy it and not be in pain. That's great. And you felt good. It, it yeah. Instead of feeling shit, you felt good. Yeah. Um, that's that's great. Yeah. Thank you. What's your on-scale win? Well, I was just on a, a little uh, vacation up in Maine and Cape Cod with um, Rusty on celebrating our first anniversary. And um, I had so many different like food wins that it felt it also. And, and then the last sort of win was coming home and not like restricting in any way, shape or form at all. Like just going this, it's all the same. It's all like the same life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all part of the same. We're just in a physically different space. We're just doing exactly the same thing. So like one time when we sat down at this restaurant, oh, I had a donut, which I documented on my Instagram. And um, I had, don't remember the last time I like went and ordered a donut. You know, like it's sort of a donuts were always just like, you don't get the donut. Yeah. Like donuts are very big. You go to Dunkin' Donuts, you order like, can I have the one munchkin for 50 cents, please? It's okay. Don't give but me please two. give me more. Just eat <laughs> yeah. that no. in. Don't and, make me ask. Yeah. And then they don't count. Like, no, I ordered a donut, which is something I've never done. I went out and got it because so many people say you have to get holy donuts in Portland. Um, I must, I tried a bunch of different ones. We ordered like too many for like, us and I tried a bunch of different ones and I ate the one that I really loved and that felt so good. Um, those are, I guess, amazing. Like, those, are the, those are like the biggest things, but I just kind of, it was just, it's just nice to, like you were saying, Sam, like you go somewhere out, like a vacation and you're not, you're not going on, you're not putting the diet on the pedestal for when you get back. Like it's not, a, you're not like last suppering it up for every meal. It's just wild how much every vacation I ever went on before has this like whole undertone of like the food to it. What am I going like, to eat? What am I going to eat? I will indulge on the vacation and then I will return to my hole of misery. Like it's just Where, like- Wherever you go, because it yeah. feels like it, it has that like mindful indulgence thing, the cheat meal mentality. Like it doesn't count if you're like physically somewhere else, but like it's all your life and we're here just, you know, making ourselves feel good and and have compassion for ourselves and not just constantly even like if you're gonna have a like for me if I would have had pasta for one Wednesday night meal like I would have had to have like negative calories the next day like it was like impossible like I would have had to restrict just because you indulge once and it's so crazy that like you can just eat whatever you want and it's completely fine yeah and we need carbs like that's the thing we need carbs to live um to just be um and pasta's great the best Let, eat eat the pasta it's about the pasta um well alexis where 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 what's the next thing you're doing how where, what's gonna happen for wellness alexis after uh, this so i'm gonna first of all try to figure out how to be an influencer um <laughs> So just kidding, that like kind of sounded horrible, but I am going to just like continue to post and like show that this transition into actually eating real food and not being in diet culture is hard. It doesn't just happen. Like, yes, there's a switch that goes off and you recognize that it sucks, but you also don't 
like it doesn't mean that I didn't look at my cellulite today and I was like fuck that like you know I was mad so um that is kind of what I want to be more transparent about on my page and then um uh, I also want to like I said talk bring more awareness to the issues of eating disorders and like health within the black community and how difficult and different it is there. I like love podcasts. So like long term, I probably would want to start my own because I love them so much. Um, but like, then again, I'm also just trying to like be a 21 year old and like have a job and exist in 2020. So that's where it's going. Just being more transparent and always talking about the issues that matter most to me, um, which is like, racism politics etc and also just like feeling good that's amazing i liked when you put on your story that you were saying that like i'm trying to be an influencer but i don't know how and you like shared it with your friends and your friends were like share that and like because that's so relatable and i feel like that definitely is the is that is the way um because people can really relate to what you're what you're feeling like the like the nuances of wanting to do something but you're not sure how or like Mm -hmm. how to be vulnerable on social media is like the almost the antithesis of everything that we have been posting on Instagram. So exactly. it's so really yeah, like I'm, I'm I'm excited to keep following you. I'm Me glad. too. Yeah, like it's a like I said, my whole image, my whole life is always about showing being perfect, and so vulnerability has never really been my thing. So um, at least I can do it through a screen for now, um, but hopefully. Uh, that'll like really help other people realize that they're not like alone in this very complicated structure that we all live in. Yeah. Well, you're doing a great job. Doing a great job. And I, the thing that I remember with the whole like vulnerability thing is that like being vulnerable is the thing that makes you strong is the, the weakness comes from like trying to, trying to be perfect. And then you have like all this anxiety about getting found out. You know, like showing your imperfections and showing your cards is what makes you stronger and confident. Like I feel like after talking about all this like intuitive eating and like feel like talking about body image stuff that I feel more confident coming out of it, not less. So exactly. So yeah. 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 Well, everybody go follow at Wellness Alexis. (laughs) Um, Congrats on your new job again. It's amazing. Also on top of everything that's happened. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm really appreciative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And rate, review, subscribe. Diet starts tomorrow. (laughs) At Aileen, at Sammy. Go buy our merch. Go do all of the things we said in the beginning. (laughs) And um, we're always with you. Through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is hosted by Aileen Cooperman and Sammy Fishbein. Our editor is Sean Kilby. Our podcast producers are Mike Coscarelli, Sean Kilby, and Carly Rice. And artwork is by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram and email your questions and non-scale wins to dst at betches.com. Betches.